I'm talking to you from <clears throat> the Word of God about how to let Jesus be the Lord of your life. If you really have him as your Lord, certain things will take place. And we've been talking about some specific things we need to let God take out of our lives and certain things we need to let God put into our lives. And that's from Ephesians 4. And I want to continue from there today. In, in verse 31 of Ephesians 4, we read this. Be kind. Wait. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking which are out of place. But rather, in place of that, there should be thanksgiving. Now, here again, we are given directions about what God wants in our lives. And he wants us to allow Christ to just come through our lives. He says that we are to be like God. We are to be imitators of God. And that's not I'm going to try to be like God. It's allowing the spirit from within to make us like God. In fact, the Christian life is the reproduction of Christ's likeness in us and that he am allowed to come in and have his way and work through us. When Alexander the, the Great, the a great leader of the past, discovered that a man had been a coward in his army. He was brought before him. He asked him his name, and the man said, Alexander. And Alexander the Great said, either renounce your name or change your conduct. If you're going to have my name, you've got to be a conqueror, not a coward. If we're going to have God's name, Christian, Christ-like, then we've got to be Christ-like. There are three areas Paul mentions in the end of chapter 4 and the beginning of chapter 5, where he wants us to be like Christ. And it's all about lifestyle. It's all about conduct. It's all about behavior. And <clears throat> first he says that, that you and I are to walk in love. We're to love like Christ loves. And that's a big step because Christ loves unconditionally. And... First of all, we need to see our position in Christ. If we're going to love as Christ loves, we must realize who we are in Christ. And that, that's how we can really love. Be imitators of God as beloved children. Recognize that you're a beloved child of God. It's interesting, exciting to know that Paul used the same term to describe how God feels about us who are children of God, who have been born again, as he feels about his son Jesus. For God says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. God says about you, you're my beloved son or daughter. I care about you. I love you. You have a position in me. Now, God loves everybody, but I'm talking about a special kind of love relationship, which he has with those who've come into his presence and know him as their Lord and Savior. Jesus in John, praying in John 17, 23, and it's what we call his high priestly prayer. He said, I in them and you in me, that they may be perfected in unity, that the world may know that you did send me and did love them even as you did love me. 
What Jesus prayed was that the world could see that 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 God loves us just like he loved him and that we have that same kind of love from God toward us. And until we see that and see how much we're loved and how much God cares about us, it's difficult for us to express that love to others. Robert Falconer tells the story of a man telling some destitute people in a certain city, homeless people, and reading in the story of the woman who wiped Jesus' feet with her tears. While he was reading, he heard a loud sob and looked up at a young, thin girl whose face was disfigured by smallpox. After he spoke a few words of encouragement to her, he said, she said, will he ever come again? Those, the one who forgave the woman, I've heard that he will come again. Will it be soon? It, he could come at any time, but why do you ask? After sobbing again uncontrollably, Sir, can't you wait a little while? My hair ain't long enough yet to wipe his feet. Suddenly this girl with the disfigured face and the terrible background had seen it. She was loved, and she wanted to express that love back to Christ. When we see how much we're loved, it touches us. It changes us. It causes us to be a lover causes us to care about others. We've also been purchased with a great price. Paul says he gave himself up for us. See, Jesus proved his love. He didn't just talk about love. He did love. You see, love is something you do. And he died in the place of us, in the stead of us, in behalf of us. He suffered our sins that we deserve to be punished in hell for eternity for, and he took them upon himself. He said, that's how much I love. My love is not superficial, and my love demands everything that I have. But also as we see our position, we begin to really love. And we see we're his child. We're his saints. We're his children. And, and many people don't understand that saints are somebody who've been set apart by God and made holy unto him. And that's what we are, and that's the special place that we hold in our relationship with him, and he wants us to recognize that, and he wants us to experience that. You see, our pattern is Christ. He's the one who is our example. We are to love just as Christ loved us. Now, we're not supposed to go out and say, I'm going to love like Jesus if it kills me today. It will, probably, because we can't do it. We have to let his love flow through us. We have to ask him to love through us. The greatest definition of love that I ever read is right here. Walk in love just as Christ also loved you. How did he love you? He gave himself up for you as an offering and a sacrifice to God. That's what love is. Love is giving yourself up. Love is letting yourself go. Love is giving yourself away. That's what Jesus did. Jesus gave up his rights. He gave up his possessions. He didn't hold on to anything that was his as God, but gave it up so that he could make a difference in our lives and so he could be our Lord and our Savior. And because of that, we have a relationship with him. He did not clutch his rights to himself, but he gave them up. He became poor that we might become rich. I believe that most marriages today would take on a new dimension and that very few people would be in counseling rooms who are Christians concerning their marriages, they would do one thing, love like this. Love like you. Give themselves up for each other. And the power of the Holy Spirit begin to give themselves up for their mate. See, most of us don't do that because we live out of our flesh and out of ourself. The Bible says, 
Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church. How did he love the church? He gave himself up for the church. That's what we're to do in our relationships. We're going to talk about that more tomorrow. I hope you'll be with me. And God bless you. Have a great day.